within the game. up everybody welcome to the in the game podcast we are being brought to you by tavour make sure to go to tavour.com or download the tavour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code taproom for ten dollars off your first purchase of twenty five dollars or more what's up what's up how y'all doing welcome back appreciate y'all uh for joining with me uh, just in the middle of watching this sorry ass Lakers game, I guess we could say it is the uh, the funeral of their season and what a disappointing season. I I was gonna open with something else, but I think this is the um, best thing to open with because we got a lot going on with it um, and the Lakers and <clears throat> you know LeBron puts out a tweet a couple days ago saying uh, you know April Fool's joke on April first saying that I'm sitting out the rest of the year. Um, with my ankle and it was kind of uh like the guy didn't even read the room and it it was uh it was more one of those tweets where I actually thought it was true it wasn't even a good April Fool's joke to be honest like he might as well sit out Lakers had no chance they won four games since the all-star break and they look like they're putrid I mean they gave they're getting blown out here once again 21 points uh, by the by, the Phoenix Suns, and it's just a it's a disaster of a season, and it's kind of uh, you know I often say that the jokes write themselves, and you know LeBron tweeted out before the season started that you know to keep the same energy throughout the year when everybody was saying that this season was going to be a disaster, and here we are, and the season is a disaster, and it kind of played out. I mean, I didn't expect them to be this bad. I don't think anybody did, and if anybody expected them to be this bad, I mean hats off to them because I mean it's incredible because I mean they did have good talent and but we just we knew they were old and they had pieces that you know were very one-dimensional in today's game and it was not a roster built for built for 2022 you know what I mean so but here we are and the reason why I was going to talk about the Lakers tonight anyways was because Magic Johnson was on ESPN earlier today um and he said this on on the Mike Greenberg show. So I'm gonna play a clip clip real quick, and then and then we're gonna react to it. Again, he's played great, mm-hmm. but what is fair?
I mean, there's there's a lot to touch on there. And obviously, you know, Magic, he, he makes a valid point. Like, I think we all knew that. But it's like, why come out six months later? Like, we're towards the end of the season. Why come out and say that now, right? And I think there's a few reasons why. We've seen Clutch Sports, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Lakers go back and forth basically all season about who's to blame for this. You know, first it was it was LeBron wanted Westbrook. Then LeBron and AD and Clutch Sports kind of uh, they kind of backed off that and said, you know, we we weren't aware of anything going on. We weren't we didn't give any input about who we wanted. And then we're hearing you know Lakers front office people saying, well, you know, LeBron and AD wanted Westbrook. That was why we went out and got Westbrook. And then now Magic Johnson says there was deals in place to get Buddy Heald and DeMar DeRozan, but they wanted Westbrook. And I do think that LeBron needs to shoulder some of the blame because he did, you know, put the Lakers in this position, you know, to go out and get Westbrook. And I understand why he did it. Like, he did it because he wanted to take energy away from him. Like, he didn't want to have to be that guy that has to go out and score 30 points a game every night. Um, so for them to have a chance to win, like he didn't want to do that at 37 years old. And I think we all could agree that that was the way to go because he, we were even told like he basically made it known that he was passing the torch to Anthony Davis and then Anthony Davis shows up out of shape and gets hurt again. And the guy just cannot stay healthy. So he goes out and gets Westbrook and then it's automatically a bad fit. And who knows how DeRozan would have been with LeBron because, I mean, DeRozan's having a great season, MVP-level season with Chicago, but, you know, I'm not sure that he would be playing the same with with LeBron because, I mean, it's kind of the same kind of fit. Like, DeMar DeRozan isn't a spot-up shooter. Him and LeBron both play best with the ball in their hand. Now, would DeRozan be better when LeBron's sitting? Absolutely. 120%, I think LeBron would be better. I mean, um, I'm sorry, DeRozan will be better when LeBron sits and, you know, it's just DeRozan and AD or DeRozan and no LeBron and AD. But they made their bed and they got to lay in it. And now the Lakers are in an interesting position going forward because they have, they have a bunch of second rounders this year. They don't have a first round pick until I believe 2024. So, Getting young players is kind of out of the realm of possibility now. LeBron has very much made it made it known that he doesn't really like to play with rookies. You know, he goes to Cleveland, trades Andrew Wiggins basically for Kevin Love, goes to the Lakers. They give up all the young pieces plus draft picks to get Anthony Davis. So I think that Magic saying this right now is a message in the front office of saying, all right, we need to kind of restart and rebuild. But at the same time, I think that it starts with Jeannie Buss. And I said this last week, it begins and ends with Jeannie Buss in the front office. Like there's a lot of discord. Um, there's a lot of uh, snafu going on in that front office. There's a lot of disconnect. And I don't think that, I think there's too many voices. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. There's too many people trying to get their, their narrative, their team, their guys, and it's just, it's not working, obviously. You know, LeBron goes and gets a title for the Lakers in the bubble. Thank you. But now we got to do what's best for our franchise because you're going to be 38 pretty soon uh, next season. And 
you know, who, who knows how much longer LeBron has because he's been, you know, fairly injured in his, uh, in his Lakers tenure. In his uh, four seasons with the Lakers, he played 55 games the first year, 67 in, in 2020, obviously cut short because of uh, COVID. 2020 and 2021 only plays 45, and then this year plays 56 games. And, and, and last year, only 72 games, so he played a little more than half the season. This year plays over half the season, but, I mean, we're used to this guy playing 74, 76, 82 games. Like, this is a guy that, you know, plays a majority of the season and is rarely ever hurt, and here he is, you know, and he's basically been hurt all season uh, in his whole Lakers tenure. So the Lakers have to, they have to move forward and they have to begin that process of post-LeBron life, and they got to get used to it. And I think it starts with trading Anthony Davis. Trading um, Russell Westbrook is going to be difficult because his value is basically in the fucking tank. So for them to trade Anthony, I mean, uh, Russell Westbrook, they're probably going to have to give up an asset or two just to get rid of him. Or maybe there's a team out there that's you know looking to get off some some salary past, past the season, past the, the next season. And maybe they want to uh, bring in Westbrook, maybe to bring some tickets in, and and they'll give up, you know, two mid mid salary guys that have two or three years left on their contract that are still, you know, could be semi productive. I doubt that deal is out there. I think I honestly think that either the Lakers are going to have to bite the bullet and play with Westbrook throughout half of the next year, and then they can trade him when you know. The end of his deal is up because this is the last year of his deal, so he's an expiring contract, but I'm not sure a team is going to want to pay $42 million next season for a guy that is really, really struggling this year and not playing not playing very good basketball, arguably having the worst season of his career. Um, <clears throat> so I just don't, I don't know if that deal exists out there. So I think what the Lakers are going to have to do and probably the best move for them is going to be to trade Anthony Davis or maybe even LeBron James. If LeBron goes to the Lakers and is like, Hey, I want to trade. Like, I think it benefits both parties, you know? Um, but then again, I, I don't know what kind of deal LeBron's going to get back. Cause I'm not sure a team, you know, I'm not, I don't know what kind of team out there is going to trade for him. Maybe then Brooklyn Nets trade for him for Ben Simmons. I don't know. Do the Lakers want Ben Simmons? I mean, Ben Simmons hasn't even played all year. He's got a back issue. He could be damaged goods. It's it's going to be an interesting interesting offseason for the Lakers. But I do think that the best available thing for them to do is to trade Anthony Davis. I think he has the most value because of his age. Um, you know, he does have a little bit of an injury history, but if he gets his body right in the offseason, he's still only 20, 29 years old. So he's he just turned 29. So, I mean, he's, he's going to be 29 basically all through next year basically entering his prime so he's still got some years left on him so i think that's the best deal for them to make to uh to kind of revamp and get rebooted and restarted because the lakers are let's face it man the nba and i'm not a lakers fan man i think it's fucking comedy when the lakers are this bad I, i i find it very hilarious um and it's just a gift that keeps on giving but at the same time the lakers when the lakers are good the NBA is good because the Lakers are that historic brand. And when the Lakers are good, the NBA is good. So I like to see the Lakers good. I like to see them bad. 
Um, I, I will say I hate seeing them on national TV every fucking game when they're this bad. It's because it's terrible basketball, and we already know the outcome before tip-off even happens. But they got to move off of, of Westbrook, which is going to be difficult. And I think for them to rebuild the best and quickest way for them to do that is going to be by trading Anthony Davis. So that'll be interesting. But the thing I really wanted to, uh story I really wanted to lead with tonight was Tiger Woods came out and said that he is going to play in the Masters this year. Ben and I talked about it on Taproom on Sunday. At that point, you know, there was it was still a coin flip. Uh, I mean, I, I felt it was pretty obvious that he was going to play, but, you know, Ben wasn't wasn't so sure. Um, and then Tuesday, he comes out, says, I'm going to play. And now he's going to play. And it's good for the game of golf because the game of golf, like it is with the NBA when the Lakers are good, golf is especially good when Tiger Woods is playing. If you look at the Masters and their ratings every single year, when Tiger doesn't play, ratings in golf are down. When Tiger plays, ratings go up. And it's going to be very interesting this year because the Masters is obviously starting on Thursday, the same day as opening day in baseball. So it's going to be interesting how that affects the ratings for baseball because I feel like the average casual sports fan is going to rather tune in and watch Tiger Woods than they are to watch baseball, unless their team is on. That might be a little bit different. But it's going to be very interesting. There's some updated odds. Tiger now has odds, plus 5,000 to win. Um, so lay lay 100, win 5,000. That's a, a long shot bet. But, I mean, all, honestly, in golf, you know, it's such a wide field that everybody's pretty much a long shot. Um, I kind of talked about on on um, on uh, Tap Room my my three favorite picks. I had uh, Rory McIlroy plus eighteen hundred, Brooks Kepka plus two thousand, and then I had uh, uh, Colin Morikawa plus two thousand. Those were my those were my three picks. Um, it's going to be an interesting tournament, though. I'm I'm not a big golf guy, like. Don't get me wrong. Like when I'm when I'm going off my picks, I don't watch every single golf tournament. Like I'll catch a, a Sunday here and there, but um, the reason why I like I like Brooks Kepka is because he shows up big in tournaments. He shows up big in in uh, in big tournaments, uh, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, man. I, I really like Brooks Kepka for that reason. I like Rory McIlroy because I just feel like there's a bounce back happening for Rory. Um, he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been the same kind of golfer in the last few years, but I feel like this is his time to kind of get going. I, I just, I have this gut feeling that Rory McIlroy is going to perform well in this tournament. So I feel at plus 2000, that's, that's still some great odds. Um, a lot of people are on Jordan Spieth, who I who is actually not up here, but he's plus two thousand. Um, his average finish at the Masters is eleventh, so plus two thousand is pretty good odds for him too. Uh, Tony Finau plus five thousand. His average finish at the Masters is fifteenth, so he's always at the top of the leaderboard. So that's an interesting um, that is an interesting pick there as well. Uh, but I, I still I really like Rory McIlroy at plus eighteen hundred. I mean I'm probably he probably won't even make the cut since I'm picking him. But I I like those odds, and I think that I just have this gut feeling, man, and I can't get it out of that gut feeling. I just 
have this gut feeling. I also like odds for Tiger Woods to make the cut. Um, Tiger, he's made the cut pretty much every year he's played in the Masters. He's only missed it one time. So I, I do expect him to make the cut. And I honestly, I don't think Tiger Woods would play if he didn't think that he could actually compete. And by compete, I do think he means playing into the, into the weekend. Like, that's not what Tiger's going to do. Um, so I, I like Tiger Woods. It's plus 500 for him to make the cut. I love those odds because I definitely think he's going to make the cut. Um, and then, you know, think there's some interesting names on this list uh john rom obviously the favorite reason being is because his average finish at at uh at the masters is 10th so i mean this guy is constantly constantly top 10 even though he's only played five times in the event four top 10 finishes though really incredible so obviously plus 1000 john rom could be a, a good value there dustin johnson Still one of the best golfers in the world, but I feel like he is. Uh, I don't. I just, he hasn't been good in a couple of years. Last year he was the favorite to win, and he didn't even finish top ten. So I like those three: Brooks Kepka plus two thousand, Colin Morikawa plus two thousand, Rory McIlroy plus eighteen hundred, and Tiger Woods plus five hundred to make the cut. I really like those. Really like those picks. Really like those picks. All right, we're going to we're going to touch on uh this is going to be a short episode this week. Next week I'm going to have a guest on. We're going to break down the NBA playoffs. But uh this week I just wanted to hop on and I wanted to talk about that Tiger Woods news. Very excited that he's going to be back. Um and then obviously I was watching this Lakers game and and the uh the funeral was happening. I was already going to talk about Magic Johnson and what he said about LeBron, so I figured let's just open with that and then I still want to react to the to March Madness because it was an interesting tournament this year. And to be honest, it, to, in my opinion, it wasn't a great tournament. And I love college basketball. College basketball is probably my favorite sport, one of my favorite sports. Um, but, man, this tournament, zero buzzer beaters. Not a single buzzer beater in the whole tournament. In the Elite Eight, every game but one was a blowout. And even the one that wasn't a blowout, it was controlled by, by uh, Villanova the whole game, basically against Houston. It was just uh, other than St. Peter's, there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of just wasn't exciting like most March Madnesses are. the The championship game was great, you know. Kansas pulls out the victory after being down sixteen, but I mean, it really took Baycott. You know, after the when the first half was ending, I, I could just see he was like starting to hobble on his ankle, and I was like, "Man, this is not going to be good." And then Caleb Love gets hurt too, and I mean, he was bad all night. And I don't want to take anything away from Kansas; they definitely deserved the win. They played better, but I mean, Baycott was out there playing on one foot, and he was really controlling the paint in the first half and control on in both sides. Got both uh, McCormick and Lightfoot into foul trouble. And then the second half, he wasn't getting those same foul calls because he wasn't as effective because he could barely move. And it just it totally changed the game. And then North Carolina was basically playing outside in. They were just jacking up terrible shots, allowed Kansas to really get gain a ton of momentum. And once Kansas got within nine, within like two minutes of the second half, I was like, man, this is not going to be good if you're, if you're a Carolina fan. Like, this is going to be ugly. That is one big pile of shit. And sure enough, Kansas comes back, wins the game by a three, 
the spread was four. And honestly, it gets down to the end, and I was like, oh, my God. Kansas is going to inbound it. Carolina is going to foul them. They're in the bonus, so they're going to get one and one. They're going to make their first free throw. It's going to be four. They could hit the second free throw. be five. There's only like nine seconds on the clock, so Carolina would have had to like heave up a three, and the chances of making a three at that point are like 10%, especially the way they were shooting it. I was like, there's no way we're going to cover. And then uh, 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 that kid from Kansas, he, he gets the ball, steps out of bounds. I mean, just the gambling gods were looking down upon us last night if you had North Carolina plus four. I mean, it was beautiful. And the under. I mean, the under was like, it, it was money at, at the end of the first half, only 58 points, and then it was really pushing it towards the end. I was like, oh, man, this game better not go to overtime. If, the game, if this game goes to overtime, we are absolutely fucked. But sure enough, the game did not go to overtime. We cashed that plus four ticket. We were riding high last night. Um, I hope you all tuned in to Taproom Sports because we went 4-0 and on our best bets. We've been, we've been, we had a hot tournament. Elite eight was only our, our really only bad round. But other than that, I mean, we hit over 65% on the tournament. So we had a, a excellent tournament. You're definitely going to want to tune into uh, TSP wagers tomorrow night, because we're going to be breaking down opening day, major league baseball, where we did very well last year. We hit over 60% in baseball last year on the shows. Um, so you're definitely going to want to tune into that. We also handicapped all of the all of the uh, over-under win totals for every single baseball team. You can catch them on the last three Taproom Sports episodes. We started with the Central Divisions, then went to the East Divisions, and just just wrapped it up with the West West Divisions. So if you want to get in, uh, get in some futures before Thursday, make sure to go check that out. And also, you can hit up some of the videos on our Instagram, at Taproom Sports Podcast. we got a lot of content on there. Follow me on Twitter at Jordan Rules TSP, where I post best bets every single day. You can follow me on TikTok, Jordan Rules TSP, where I post videos of my best bets every single day. Um, really looking forward to it. Um, but I'm going to get out of here. Told y'all this was going to be a short episode. I just wanted to touch on some things. It's just me tonight. Next week, I have a special guest coming on. We're going to be breaking down NBA playoffs kind of uh, handicapping really the first round and then really diving into how we see the, the NBA playoffs playing out. So thank you all once again. Make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. Hit me up on Twitter at JordanRulesTSP. Let me know who you're taking in the Masters. Let me know who your favorite is. Uh, would love to Would love to hear from some of y'all. So appreciate y'all. Have a great night. Thank you for hanging out with me for a little bit. Very much appreciate you. It's in the game.